I've got to be honest, I think that a lot of the time they don't seem to like you. There's a lot of hard work and there'll be, it's blood, sweat and tears. I don't know, you know, if I suddenly get a guitar out, is, is it believable? 23. Well, that's really sure. This is Your Welcome America presents Totally Scott Lee, episode 8. I am Ben. I am Fraser. Fraser like Razor. And we are at the final week of recapping and reliving the MTV UK classic reality show, Totally Scott Lee. (laughs) Is that the finale remix? Yeah, I thought I'd go for like a big band, kind of big band outro. Yeah, and uh, I would say you can watch along. Because all the episodes are on YouTube, but we're done. Yeah. So we're going to have them taken down after this episode. Now, before we get into the finale, for the uninitiated, once again, if you've made it this far and haven't watched the, you know, any of Totally Scott Lee, well done. Congrats. <laughs> but we should tell you what the show is. Totally Scott Lee follows Lisa Scott Lee from Pop Supergroup Steps. She tries to forge a solo career. Along for the ride are her family, the other Scott Lees, manager Nathan, and of course, Michelle Heaton. Dun, 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 dun. I thought I'd do a live different version this time. Love that. What happened in the final episode, Fraser? Well, this episode, we take a trip from Glasgow. We have a wild time in Glasgow and then we drive back to London and then we really just have a horrible time for the next kind of 15 minutes in uh, the MTV studios in Captain. Mm. And then the show ends with a real whimper. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> episode 8, the final episode, Totally Scott Lee. Let's get into it. So there's a story of the family. It's a game of make or break. Because they all know how to get dropped. Lovely Lisa's got that solo, she's already been dropped. Husband Chinese understanding because he took off the chop. He's left it to a brother and he was dropped, but now he's hanging by a thread. Okay, episode eight. Now this is our final episode, but yeah. I'm already going to tease the fact that we have a little bonus episode coming out soon uh, yes, that has do. a special treat in it. Saying no more. Just just keep an eye on our Insta. You're welcome, America, and our Twitter. You're welcome, USA. And you'll find out all about it. Also, I will say there was great promises of champagne to get us through this final episode, but we have to, for full disclosure, it's just too early. As Ben said, we can't, it's just too early. <laughs> We've got places to go and people to see. Well, Look, kind of. We're not We're not the Scott Lees. We don't just open a bottle of champers <laughs> willy-nilly, do we? No. Right. Okay. Talking of willy-nilly, what about Chili Willy? Well, I've I've called this uh, little, this quite meaty scene, Back in Ben's motherland. Thank you. I've called this first scene, Chilly Glasgow. <laughs> so, we open up the final episode of Totally Scott Lee. Lisa's in Glasgow, would you believe? Yeah, her and her, her and her gang are just clumping through like a town square. Talk me through, I, I've oh. got a lot of questions for you. Where's this, what's this square they're, oh my they're clumping through? Goodness, I, so, so this is Lisa, she's doing promo for Electric. Um, now, bearing in mind, last week we saw the where it went into the chart but this is just before it's like the day before isn't it it's the day before lisa is staying in glasgow at the millennium hilton hotel okay on george square right in the center so that's the square they were clumping through was george square yep that's the very square fun fact they often film um big american movies in that square because they can dress it and make it look like cities in america so world war z (laughs) Shot loads of like zombie scenes in that square. (laughs) 
So uh, Lisa and her family just clumping around like zombies in World War Z. She even says, oh, it's a lot colder up in Scotland. It is. She's not wrong. She's Another not wrong. classic uh, LSL observation. She also brings back a catchphrase that we didn't pick up on the other week when she says, let's geo, as in like, let's yeah. go. Oh, Lisa. So this is the last gig. Basically, this is she says this. This is the last gig of promotion for Electric. But I mean, they pretty much have... It, they're done. Yeah. This is just the final thing. This must have been already on the books. Yeah, because this is the Saturday night and the, the shops will have closed by now. Yeah, so. you can't get into a Smith's or yeah. a... Uh, a Woolies. <laughs> Woolies, that's what I was trying to say. Um, so, wait, before we get to the club, oh. I need to talk some geography for okay. you. Okay. So they're clumping through George Square... They're clomping through the Merchant City to go to a gay club. Right. Now, this is Bennett's nightclub, the second best gay club in Glasgow. Right. We've discussed Bennett's, haven't we? Have we discussed it? I think so, because then we talked about the the phrase Gordon Bennett, didn't we? No, we we did not. Oh. What do you mean the phrase Gordon Bennett? What? There's that that turn of phrase where people are like, oh, Gordon Bennett. It's like a, how to be like, to exclaim shock at an or at something. My mum says it. I don't know this. Who's Gordon? Uh, no, no, no clue. Okay, that's fine. I'll tell you about Bennett's nightclub, though. Yeah, it's not the best gay club in Glasgow, because there's okay. another one called Polo Lounge, which is phenomenal. <laughs> like the Polo Lounge at the Beverly Hilton. Oh, just like that. <laughs> Lots of games are being played for sure. But there's no <laughs> stage in Polo Lounge where there is in Bennett's. Right. Fun fact, I saw another pop group perform in Bennett's in, during this era, and that pop group was Fix. Oh my God, it always comes back to Fix, doesn't it? <laughs> so yeah, I remember I went to see Fix perform and Andrew Kinlochan, our beloved gay member of Fix, afterwards was just like hanging out in the club, having a drink. And it was re- it was like, I really wanted to say hello, but it was awkward. But he clearly wanted to like, you know, just mingle with other gays. But yeah. he's a pop star. And, oh, it was... Say his name again. Andrew Kinlochan. Andrew Kinlochan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just really quick, Gordon Bennett, it, just to give some etymology, it's an expression primarily used in the UK, even though Gordon Bennett was American. He was a, apparently he owned a newspaper and he was known for his like wild and shocking extravagant life. So people are like, oh, Gordon Bennett. It's like a way to talk about someone. I guess now you'd be like, oh, Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> That's also like the perfect phrase for our podcast. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's both cultures. So Lisa arrives at Bennett's nightclub. She pops in. This is her last gig. Yeah. Those bouncers aren't friendly though. She definitely makes a comment about that. She, she walks through the door and she's like, hi. And they're like, huh. She's like, oh, they're not very friendly, are they? So you tell me, what were the bouncers like at Bennett's? Are they unfriendly? Can't remember because by the time you get to Bennett's, you don't go to Bennett's first. Right. You're not, you might you're go not... to Delmonica's. You might... <laughs> You might go to one of the other gay bars. Excuse me. Delmonica's. Delmonica's. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> sure that's like Del Monte, called. like the man from Del Monte. I, I have no clue. It's just Delmonica's in <laughs> Glasgow. There, I also remember another time I went out in Glasgow and like was pre-drinking at another, another like gay bar. And I went up to the bar and I ordered, I had like ordered like, this is back in the day, like two double vodka diet cokes and they were like that'll be two pounds and i was like oh no no they're they're doubles and they're like oh no i know it's just that doubles are more expensive on a on a friday and i'm like no 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 so wait (laughs) it was like two pounds for two doubles what and that's the more expensive rate that's not good and that does explain a lot about glasgow's reputation yeah it was a fun (laughs) night so anyway off to bennett's 
Yeah, and then I had, a, as often with this show, I had a question that was then answered. My question was, who are these Sarah Mandys? They were the dancers. They were her dancers. I didn't realize that at the time when they were all wedged in that dressing room, that very unfortunately colored, uh, wall-colored dressing room. What color was it? It's a color that I said is 2000s purple. Oh, yeah. Like what? Like the version of millennial pink. 100%. It's 2000s purple. Every, that was just the, the color. Yeah. Feels, feels Great for a nightclub because it's kind of like dark and sexy. Yeah. It feels like the backdrop for so many like 2000s pop videos would have like a that color purple in the background. Like that dream song, He Loves You Not. I feel like it's very oh, that. I will say I do enjoy Lisa's hair here. She's yeah. got lovely tousled hair. She does. It's not as like tortured as usual. It no. It's good. It's not as like set. Um, so she's backstage. She's going to go and perform her kind of final PA public appearance. Um, and she's saying, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with the single, but no one can stop me performing. <laughs> she also has a, a detached sleeve. Did you notice that? Ooh, it's like a, a, first of all, I called it a cuff and then I corrected myself and said detached sleeve. That's beautiful. Lovely. On one arm as well. Not thick, not a detached sleeve on both arms. Right. It's also like her version of Andy's um, wristbands. It's yes. like the female version. Yeah. Okay. So she's at this gay club in Glasgow. So there is a club promoter introducing her on stage who's very Glasgow. We'll come back to him because he makes a he makes an appearance again. He's very regional. Well, I have a note about him that I'm not sure you're going to be particularly that happy about. Okay, hit me. I said, um, <laughs> I said this old queen. I said this could be you in another life, Ben. <laughs> DJ and promoter at the, the hottest gay club in Glasgow. Yep. Slept sled booker. <laughs> yeah, yep. exactly. 100%. <laughs> now, the crowd here are amped up. <laughs> yeah, they really are. She, like, she is, like, they love her. They're chanting, like, Lisa, Lisa. They're going crazy for yeah. her. Yeah, I feel like she could get that reaction even now if she went and performed, like, Too Far God in a gay club. Like, she's just... Gays will go crazy for anyone. If this had been a straight nightclub, we would have seen a very different story, I think. Yeah. Actually, you're right. If we were, right, if we were both in Glasgow right now and we found out Lisa Scott Lee was doing a club performance tonight at Bennett's, we would go and, and we would get, yeah, we would 100% I would, Yeah, on. I would be so amped up. I'd be screaming like all those, like all those gays that we saw in this footage. What a wild array of people. Oh, I also love a gay club in Glasgow. It's always very mixed gender. Yeah which I always appreciate. At the end of her performance, she's very, she's fired up. She's feeding off the energy of the crowd. She's very defiant. And she kind of says, she kind of says to the crowd something like, you know, do you think I should keep on performing? Oh, this lot don't. And she put, like <laughs> kind of, and she signals over to the MTV crew, the MTV camera crew who get a boo. <laughs> she's really like, ooh, it's all go. There's also a very strange call and response section. Do you notice that? She's almost being like... What's she saying? Like, she's singing something and making the crowd sing another thing back to her. It's literally like... And I can't remember what the actual singing is. I just remember it's almost like going, hey, hey, oh, yeah. hey. So is she doing shout? You make me want to shout. Well, she is in Glasgow. <laughs> so she's doing the, that's the thing. If you go to Bennett's, you have to sing Lulu's yeah, version of shout. Of course. 100%. <laughs> but yeah, the crowd lover, she goes backstage and she is, I mean, she's on a high. She's, and she's saying like, how can I quit? They're After all, like a, all damp. Oh, she, well, it's, it's not so much damp. It's more like that sweat heat yeah you know what i mean they say at one point one of the dancers says there's steam coming off of them 
And then did you notice that they'd been handed whole stacks of paper towels from like the toilet dispenser? Oh, what? Like those really rough ones. Green, the really rough green ones. They're all like the dancers are holding like a, like a big stack of them each. And they're all just like lightly mopping them. Because you can't, what you can't do with those paper towels, you can't run that across your skin. Oh no, too abrasive. That'll rip your face off. You have to just pat it. <laughs> and I love that, you know, your, your Scottish ghost of Ben's future past has handed them a big stack of paper towels from the toilet. Yeah, he sort of, the promoter comes in and he's like, on a high, how old do you think that guy is? <laughs> Somewhere between 30 and 50. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And, th- and then there's another guy who comes in, this random guy who, I don't know if he has teeth. And he, <laughs> and he says, that was the best gig I've seen in 25 years. <laughs> yeah. I actually made a note, it just said, she should move to Scotland. They fucking love her. <laughs> we love her. We love her in Scotland. Hey, I've moved half, I've personally moved halfway around the world and I've spent the last two months of my life every week talking about Lisa. So we love her. So, so I feel like after we see that guy and they're like toweling themselves off, paper toweling themselves off, the high that she's feeling, it kind of all falls apart a little bit in this dressing room doesn't it because she's talking to, there's two fans that come in right oh, there's two girls and yeah. they're kind of like she's having a picture taken with them and then it, they're kind of just being like oh don't give up and then she's that's when it all kind of takes a turn and she's like those girls have been following me for 10 years and it all kind of it all that high really turns to sadness doesn't it yeah it's like it, it's like that slight and i don't know if she's had a drink by this but no knowing lisa she's probably had a glass of wine when she's come off the of stage I, or maybe a shot she does love a shot as we saw in other episodes i don't think she will have drunk before the gig she'll have done the gig come off the stage on a high had a drink she's hot she's sweaty she's yeah. in glasgow she's emotional she's seeing her fans of 10 years and it's that kind of on a high but also emotional yeah. like she's quite all over the place and then she starts confiding in tony dad tony and she's like <laughs> i made the stupid ultimatum and I, I regret it and and she says something along the lines that she she made the deal just she went along with it just to please everyone yeah and i i believe her that's very her yeah and that's kind of a theme of this episode is her being like i shouldn't have done it but even nathan's like I mean, they all say, everyone says it. They're like, of course you had to do it. There's no way you couldn't. I know. And she says to her, her dad, Tony says, don't worry, love, we'll sort it out. And Lisa's like, we can't sort it out. <laughs> and I don't know if you noticed, she's crying in front of a coat rack covered in everyone's parkers. The, this is a Parker heavy. <laughs> very Parker heavy. Episode. Parker's everywhere. Yeah. Did, yeah. <laughs> did you have a Parker? Um, I didn't know. I actually have never owned a Parker. I would still like one now, but there's no point here. No, yeah, no point for a Parker in LA. Yeah, she, yeah, a Parker, it was very that early 2000s when I worked in the Levi's store, oh, which was just a stone's throw away from Bennett's nightclub in Glasgow. They sold like a green Parker with yeah. like a furry hood that Perfect. I always wanted, never got it. Hers is slightly cropped as well. I don't know if you noticed that. Which Crop is Parker. Nothing better than keeping your head warm, but having your midriff exposed to that Scottish elements. I was going to say heat wise, that doesn't geographically make sense, but fine. We'll let her have it. What have you called this next scene? Well, I've actually got a typo in my notes and I've called it chat day. So I'm just going to call it chat day. Chat day, day of chats. It's, this is the next day. It's chat day. She's <laughs> now, I'm trying to work out. Do you think she flew home from Glasgow that night? Because we find out she got to bed at three in the morning. Yeah. Do you think she flew home from Glasgow? Do you think she stayed over and flew in the morning? What do you think? Well, she said she had no, she said she had three hours sleep. So she went to bed at three. So I mean, she got up at six 
And then I think the time on that thing said like around 11. 11. She's got, she's got so that she early flight. she had to have got the, like, a, a, like a 7 a.m. flight. How long's yep. the flight from Glasgow to London? An hour. Well, there you go. That, that, all, that all completely tracks. And by the time they catch up with her in, on the road in London from what airport? I don't know. Luton, Stansted. <laughs> well, it depends. If she's, if she's part of the One World Alliance, she would have flown BA. And that goes to Gatwick or Heathrow. But who knows? I, I don't think she is. Maybe she is now. All those flights to Dubai. Oh, yeah, she's, I mean, she's, she's got the plane to herself now. Well, particularly during COVID. <laughs> anyway, it's the next day. It's chart day slash chat day. She's got her furry parker on. Yeah, hood up. She's not happy. Hood up, fur out. <laughs> yeah, she's not happy. What's going on? So she's just having a chat with dad. She's like, <laughs> it opens with, you right, dad? <laughs> <laughs> and then her and Tony basically are kind of, again, this is actually just the theme of this episode. It's her just being very defiant about how she shouldn't have signed up to, she shouldn't have agreed to quit music if she didn't go into the top 10. It's basically at this point, she knows she's not top 10. So she's kind of quite rightly being like, what was the fucking point in all of this? Yeah. Just to, just to clarify, she's in the car with Tony and they're driving to the MTV studios yes. to do the live reveal. Oh yeah. Cause it's, chart. it's chart day, it's chart <laughs> not day. chat day. Yeah. And she doesn't know, apparently doesn't know where she's gone on the chart, but she obviously checked the sales yesterday, and yeah. I think she she knows that she needs to sell like another fifteen hundred records yeah. to get into, you know, into the chart. And we know that that crowd at Bennett's wasn't fifteen hundred strong. No, and because she did say, "Have you bought the single?" They all cheered, but it wasn't enough, was it? No, it wasn't enough. So she's only had three hours sleep. Tony says a great thing in the car here. <laughs> he says, "If you want my opinion, it was the wrong thing to do." Just, it's just so unhelpful. <laughs> Like the last thing anyone ever needs to hear in these situations is just like, oh yeah, I thought it was a mistake. Well, thanks for telling me this on the day that it's happening, Scuttle, while you're scuttling me into the studios in London. <laughs> so annoying. And then it's very strange incidental music in this scene. Oh, it's, it's yes. Really weird lyrics. I wrote down the lyrics. Doesn't mean I'm weird and it doesn't mean I have to be in therapy. It's basically this woman like screaming those lines and they repeat it like quite a few times. They're kind of in a very uh, of another time era. They're basically saying, yeah, Lisa's crazy. She's insane. A really strange, strange, like kind of that, that kind of song was very of that time. It reminds me of, do you remember when that woman from Neighbours was in that like dance group? Baby, baby, baby. Dan, 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 dan. Remember oh, that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what will happen next? Baby, baby, baby. Baby, baby, baby. You are my voodoo child. My voodoo child. We also get a great quote here where Lisa's saying to her dad, Rachel Stevens went in at 12. Joe O'Mara went in at 13. Poor Jenny Frost. I feel sorry for her because <laughs> she went in like at 50, didn't she? Yeah. And she also, I think it's Joe O'Meara, but she calls her Joe O'Mara. Oh, I always thought it was O'Mara. I'm pretty sure she's Joe O'Meara. Joe O'Meara, famous for breeding dogs. <laughs> Remember she was a dog breeder for a while? Oh, yep. Absolutely. A famous for uh, something pretty dark and also obviously being the uh, the powerhouse vocalist of S Club 7. Uh, yeah. The, the Claire of yes, S Club 7. A vocalist I've always described as... She can technically hit all of the notes correctly, but is it a nice sound? I'm not sure. Do I want to hear it? <laughs> Do I want to hear it? Foghorning. <laughs> She's a real foghorn, actually, isn't she? Oh, she <laughs> foghorn Omara, Omira. Who knows? And oh, there's also a great quote here about um, our beloved Roseanne slash Nicola. Yeah. yeah, they're they're talking about the fact that they've turned around 
the, the single and released it very quickly. And even Roseanne said that, and she's not bloody very positive most of the time. <laughs> so yeah, she's saying like Roseanne slash Nicola has been complimentary that they've managed to pull it all together so quickly. And yeah. that's impressive in itself. <laughs> oh, slippery Nicola's slippery. One, Nick. of, one of her faces. She's like, Oh, I'm going to be nice today. I'll support them today. And then they'll stab them in the back in another meeting. But I think, I think what's happened here. Oh no, I was going to say, I was, I got, I got stuck in the quantum physics of time. Cause I was about to say, I think, <laughs> I think Lisa's watched last week's episode. No, but she hasn't by this point. Not this point. Yeah. And then Lisa sort of signs off the scene by saying, everyone has bad days. It's just, it's just that mine got caught on camera. <laughs> well, also one classic thing that happens in this scene is she's trying to do one of her like long kind of moany rambles. And Tony <laughs> Scuttle keeps trying to interject with another like moany response. So she's like, well, the thing is, you know, is that I've tried my hardest. He's like, well, you've tried your hardest love. And she just, <laughs> she just goes, dad, I'm trying to talk. I was like, oh God. The thought of how many conversations her and Tony have had in that car, driving around the UK, oh, just round and round in circles of conversation. It makes me feel quite exhausted. So um, and yeah, she basically is just saying like, this show is going to be so embarrassing, like going to the live reveal. And I do, I do really feel for her in this episode because it's just like, it's like, have you ever gone to do something that you know is going to be a disaster? I've had it before on shows that I've worked on where like we've got to the day of filming and I know it's going to be bad. And I just have that pit that you have that oh. feeling in the pit of your stomach where you're just like, today is going to be shit. And I just have to get through it. I, oh, you've, yeah, I completely <laughs> know that feeling. And it's like, what's the point? But we need to do this. Yeah. And it's like, it's 8am and this day is yeah. going to go on forever. In those situations, what I do is I think back to a day previous and I'm like, that's, that's the length of time I just have to get through. Okay. You're, maybe this is just a normal way of coping with one of those days. Cause I have had days at work where I've thought to myself, Fraser, the day has to end time. Time never stops. Even if it feels like a long day, tomorrow will happen. And today will be yesterday. And I always think that tomorrow. And I do the exact same thing where I'm like, well, yesterday you were like watching TV at nine o'clock. So just think about the fact that when it gets to nine o'clock, that was like, yeah. Oh my God. That's so funny. Totally. (laughs) Oh God. I feel like we this is a, a real kind of emotional support group for the entertainment industry. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's a lot of, I mean, talking about that, we're about to meet some, meet a character who's really feeling the brunt of working in television in the next scene. (laughs) So the next scene, what have you called the next scene? I just called it MTV Studios. I've called it MTV Studios Camden. Camden. (laughs) Yeah, I felt like it was like a, um, you know, like Law and Order SVU where they get, it's like, (laughs) I felt like that's what this episode was like. There was no kind of fun happening. It was all just like (laughs) MTV Studios Camden. (laughs) So this, now this scene goes between it goes between a couple of locations. It yeah. goes between makeup rooms, dressing rooms, and what I'm calling the MTV vestibule. Yes, very much like an entrance vestibule area, yeah. So I've spent a lot of time in this MTV Camden vestibule. Mm. I've sat in those those white, funky-shaped seats. Those terribly unergonomic chairs that are like look so plastic and uncomfortable. They're very like pre-IKEA. Yes. They're like, <laughs> just before IKEA came in, these seats were probably quite expensive, but now they just look like cheap IKEA seats. Yeah. Um, and it's like the big, very cold looking center area of, of MTV in the UK. Yeah, it's all white plastic and like the occasional accent of like a green, like a see-through green kind of neon yeah. chair or like feature here and there. It's all very 2005. I once... I think with podcast nemesis Michael, we once did a pop quiz, like a quiz in that vestibule when we worked at MTV UK. And our team name was 
Quiztima Millian. Oh, lovely. But the person doing it didn't get it. So they just kept calling us Quizteam Millian. And every time they would say our name, I'd be like, no, that's not it. I've, I've been on a Quizteam Aguilera before. Of course. <laughs> So she announces something as she walks into the MTV studios, which we're going to hear a lot. She's only had three hours sleep. (laughs) And something tells me when LSL hasn't had any sleep, you're going to hear about it. (laughs) Well, we certainly do. If LSL has the slight snifflings of a cold, you're hearing about it. If she's had a funny dream, you're hearing about that in detail. (laughs) Just imagine in Dubai now, Johnny waking up and Lisa sitting him down over a cup of coffee and being like, oh, I need to tell about this dream I had last night. And oh my God, never interesting. No one's dreams are ever interesting, ever. All the gang is here, aren't they? Oh, the whole gang. Everyone's in reception. So she's, yeah, she's, they're all sitting in that vestibule. Like mom and dad are here. Tony and Jan are here. Nathan's here. Michelle's here. Sort of slumped in one of those white unergonomic chairs yeah her baker boy hat well this is at this point uh, lisa sits down in that reception area with jan and tony and mm-hmm. johnny and uh, she's kind of i think she's just like because she's seeing all of them together it's all kind of getting to her and she's like slumped in the chair she's like looks like a moody teenager she's still in her parka and she's like she's just kind of complaining and talking about like how it's going to be an awful day and they're trying to reassure her and as they're reassuring her she just <laughs> she just looks out of her parka and goes Oh, I've lost a button. <laughs> and no, no one acknowledges it. You just see her. And she just slowly closes the flap of that jacket. And I was like, oh, what a symbolic. <laughs> she can't have anything nice, can she? Oh, what to top it, <laughs> to top it all off. Oh, bloody typical. Of my, my, my park is broken. I've lost a button in my parka. <laughs> so, and, and Jan is really, Jan really comes out swinging for Lisa in this episode. It's the most energy and fire I've seen in Jan for this whole, <laughs> this whole show. And she's trying to give her a really nice pep talk. And, you know, she's just like, you you know, you you haven't done anything wrong. And Lisa then says to her, I feel like a big fat loser. It's like, oh, that's really rough. So she got taken off to, she gets taken off to makeup at that point. And you just kind of hear her drifting off in like faint audio. She's talking about how, oh God, going on holiday after this is going to be great. Yeah. Where do you think they went? I, I think, I wonder if this Dubai. was, yeah. I wonder if this was <laughs> the, they wanted to get away as far as possible. They go yeah. to Dubai and when they went to Dubai, they fell in love with the timeshare yeah. and the rest was history. Yeah. They, they got happened. offered a, a little, a little part of that world on the on that Palm Island. What's that yeah. we were obsessed with talking about? They got, they got, they got offered North Wales <laughs> on the, the Palm, one of the Palm Islands in the Palm Dubai, which I don't think even exists anymore. I think they're all slowly sinking into the sea. <laughs> Hang on. Is Dubai the same? I would get really confused with whether it's but Dubai or the Bahamas that has that big pink hotel with the the slide that goes through the, the swimming pool with the sharks. I think they both have it. So this is, is it called the Atlantis. Yeah, the Atlantis. So the Atlantis. I think there are a few Atlantis hotels, but there's definitely one in Dubai. Podcast right. nemesis Michael's been in there. Has been on that slide. Oh my god. I know. Anyhow, wait. Have you ever been to Dubai? No. No, me neither. I would only go if I. I would only go because I know I'm getting all the offers to go to Dubai right now. Yeah, visit, visit Dubai are like knocking on our door as we speak. They love people like us. Um, Nathan at this point, he's talking to Jan and Tony. And Nathan, do you know what? He, the last, these last two episodes, he has been great. Yeah. He's not washing his hands of, his, of the situation. Yeah. He's like, do you know what? I feel guilty and I feel responsible. Yeah. He is doing solid work he's, as a manager. He's stopped like clowning around as well. Like I think maybe some of the, because at this point they have seen... A few episodes. A few episodes, and I think he's he's kind of like pulled himself up a little bit and acted like a manager rather than being the kind of fun clown that he's been so far. Yeah, Misha isn't well, is she? <laughs> well, this is a great moment. So 
Nathan, yeah, Nathan says, like, I made a mistake. I didn't realize it would be this painful. And then we cut to makeup and Lisa's just prattling on. And she's like, oh, Michelle's not feeling very well, you know. And Johnny goes, oh, well, oh, she's not well. I thought she was just in one of her quiet moods. <laughs> we'll have them. And then Lisa and Johnny share this very, very obvious like, private joke silently where they're both just smirking about it. But, you know, they're right. Michelle's very, like, she's kind of just, from what they show of her, she's just kind of sitting in a chair reading a magazine with her Baker Boy hat on. <laughs> Lisa, this is the happiest Lisa is all episodes. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> them, them talking about um, Michelle's quiet mood. Yeah. And then, yeah, because Michelle, doesn't, doesn't Lisa also say, oh, you're, that's very diplomatic of you, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> so, meanwhile, Jan, Tony, Nath are still having a chat. And Jan thinks that Lisa's being bullied yeah. throughout the whole situation. What do you think? I just have an issue with that word because it's very difficult to... Bullying is just such a... Loaded term. Yes, it, it's so extreme. And I don't feel like when this was being filmed, the word had the same connotation to it. So I kind of agree with Jan in 2005 that it felt a little bit like bullying in the sense of just like, it's more like a pile on and... It's, yeah, it's everyone ganging up on her. The press, I would say. Yeah, like the press and the tone of the show, because at this point they've like seen the way it's going. And then the fact that she's being forced to like find out. She, I think she means that, yeah, everyone's not treating her fairly from MTV to the press to like people watching it. Yeah. But bullying is so, now is such a word where it's like, yeah, it's so loaded and charged that it just, you have to almost separate it from the 2020 of it all and say, at the time, I agree with Jan and I think she was being bullied. Oh, yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's a very, very good distinction. I literally left my body making that statement. I just come back into it and I was like, was I just talking? That, that is the official You're Welcome America stance on bullying. Um, Jesus. So, um, Johnny, I mean, Johnny and Lisa in general up in the makeup room, they're having like a lovely couple's chin wag, aren't they? Yeah, I actually, I, this, this is one of the many times that Johnny really steps up in this episode and is like truly just a great husband, I think. He is. He's a great husband. He's being very supportive of Lisa, who is tired and run down and just over it. But he's also playing, the two of them are playing into classic stereotypical yeah. gender roles. Oh, we'll, well, see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll come on to that well, in yeah, a minute. Of course. So he, yeah, he's like, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, you look almost human. <laughs> and then she's like, ah, what are you talking about? When we had our first night together, you told me I looked good in the mornings, is what she says. I was yeah. like, oh, and then that poor makeup artist is like, <laughs> just like, ugh. I've been, you know, I, there's nothing more awkward than like that makeup chair, like chat. But that makeup so artist, Lisa, isn't it? that makeup artist, they seem on good terms with her. Well, she's she seems to know the ins and outs of uh, of Johnny's career, doesn't she? Because she asks a very important question later. Well, maybe she taught him how to do his Starlight Express makeup. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so we go back to Nathan, and he's just talking about, you know, normally you would have twelve weeks to uh, kind of do the promo for it, and then he just goes, you know, we would have had the remixes. <laughs> I can't believe I don't I remember 2005 and I never bought a single based off of a remix I don't know though like uh you know maybe like a, a another the second CD single might have like five rem- five really funky remixes on it the Freemasons remix of electric oh I mean that would probably be really good actually <laughs> give it to mama give it give it give it to mama vibrator <laughs> um, if you want to uh, 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 you got the green line uh, 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 uh. oh my god nothing I makes me it. feel more crazy than a freemasons remix the fucking beautiful liar beyonce beyonce shakira shakira nothing makes me feel more alive and 2000s than the freemasons remix of beautiful liar that those songs just make me 
I suddenly have a taste in my mouth cheap, of cheap vodka. Cheap vodka with a diet coke, really strong, but from a tiny, tiny plastic yep. cup. That's what it feels like to me. Beyonce, Beyonce, Shakira, Shakira. <laughs> anyway, anyway, and Nathan also says that yeah, if they'd had you know ten, twelve weeks in the remixes, it could have helped. But they've only had five weeks. Mm. He's he's not wrong. He's not yeah. wrong. And he's saying we couldn't change the release date. Normally, they could push it back further and further. Mm. But obviously, with this MTV contract, you know, that hard-hitting contract <laughs> from business and legal affairs, they couldn't. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the makeup room, we find out, what is, what is Johnny doing next with his career? Well, I think I'm going to do Footloose. <laughs> and I love it. She goes, oh, brilliant. Well done. That makeup artist. And then she goes, so where's that going to be? Oh, oh, it's touring. Okay. I was like, oh, wow. She really got the knife in there. But it's only a three-month three month tour of Footloose. Oh, my God. I can't think of anything more depressing than Footloose the Musical. It's actually... Okay. I saw Footloose the Musical <laughs> in 2000, but it was in New York with the original cast. It was, it was actually excellent. It wasn't 2005 with Johnny touring at the the Leeds, I don't know, amphitheater, whatever. We've we've definitely talked about this before, about how when I was working on that talk show, I got forced to go and watch Flashdance the Musical at Milton Keynes, right? <laughs> Starring Noel from Hearsay. Whoa. No, how, I, how was that? I left in the intermission. <laughs> Literally, I had to get a train back from Milton Keynes back to London. And I was like, I'm not getting like an 11 o'clock train on like a weeknight. It says here that Johnny played... Chuck Cranston in Footloose. I do not know. I'm not familiar with Footloose, Footloose enough to know characters' names. And I'm pretty sure Kevin Bacon wasn't called Chuck Cranston, <laughs> I was he? I don't think so. Hang on. The character of Chuck Cranston, I don't remember, but it wasn't the main character. But that's fine. I will say, I will say, I'm just going to throw this out there. This okay. is a wild statement. The song Footloose is, should be very bad and is technically one of those songs I don't ever want to hear again secretly don't mind it well you also know that footloose also spawned another song and that's holding out for a hero yeah I which mean, is a phenomenal song yeah. lisa should have covered that isn't let's hear it for the boy from footloose yes. as well it's a great soundtrack wait a minute imagine the freemasons remix of holding out for a hero oh my oh, god oh, oh, oh. oh my god imagine the freemasons remix of let's hear it for the boy i love let's hear it for the boy it's a great that's a great um karaoke song my baby, he don't talk sweet, ain't got much to say, but he loves me, loves me, loves me, I know that he loves me anyway. Oh, wow, I was waiting for you to get right down there. So, anyway, <laughs> back to MTV Camden in 2005, Nathan starts comparing Lisa to Michael Jackson. I was very confused by this. So, I think, it, I think what's happened here is that... It's 2005. When was the Martin Bashir interview with Michael Jackson? <laughs> I can't remember. So anyway, I think there had been a recent Michael the beginnings Jackson. Beginnings of his troubles, wasn't it? Yeah, but, well, I mean, not the beginnings, but I think there had recently been a Michael Jackson um, uproar, as there should have been. Yeah. And Nathan is like, well, you know, look, Michael Jackson can bounce back, so can Lisa. He's saying something along the lines of that. Yeah. Even back then was controversial... Now it's uh, even more. Well, yeah, oh no, I wrote it because he said he even Michael Jackson bounced back from his thing, and I just wrote in capitals his thing. Excuse me, you can't just you can't gloss over his thing. Thank you, Nathan. Also, comparing Electric not getting into the top ten to Michael Jackson's thing is is 
pretty spectacular. Oh, we've also skipped past just a little moment in the makeup room where Johnny says, oh, you haven't done your eyebrows. And she says this immortal line, no, I chuffin haven't. I've only had three hours sleep. Wait, chuffin. How, how long has she had sleep? I think she's only had three hours sleep. Three hours. Not four, <laughs> not two. She's had three. Got it. Flight oh, from Glasgow. I do know that feeling though. You know when you've only had, you know, oh. you've only had three hours sleep and you feel so furious with everyone around you. And also, I would want to wrap myself in a parka yeah, three hours sleep. Me too. Why didn't she have a nap in the car instead of speaking to Tony? I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, meanwhile, I'll tell you what, Jan... I don't, know how many, I, don't know, I don't know how much sleep she's had, but she wants a cup of tea. That was so good. Nathan's so, like, Nathan's droning on and on and she just starts waving, doesn't she, up to someone like off camera. Yeah. Can I get a cup of tea? I want a cup of tea. And then also, either Jan or Tony, they're holding a cup. And I notice it's a blurred Cafe Nero cup. Yeah. Blurred. Wow. Cafe Nero obviously not happy with their exposure in the uh, Charlotte Street episode. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, next scene. What have you called it? Live show script meeting. Yeah. I've got <laughs> I've it. I've been nothing but factual now. We've got to this law and order section. I've got it. The script meeting and live show. So, yeah. So, my first note really here is I just thought, oh my God, the documentary, like, we're truly entering, like, terrifying documentary filming style at this point. The camera is maybe, you know, in a whole different part of London. The camera's in, like, West London, filming <laughs> Lisa from all the way down the corridor. It's very shaky. It's very far away. And basically, I'm thinking this is maybe the talent booker. Do you think? Not a producer. Or this is either the, this is either the series producer or the, the talent booker that's in the dressing room talking to Lisa and Nathan and Johnny. Oh, I think this is the series, bo- uh, series producer. The series I producer, think the big yeah. guns have been brought in. I think maybe the talent booker... Has called them in. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think maybe you see the talent booker escort her around the place right and she's oh she's that blonde lady i think in the stripy top. Her. right so that's just airs and graces but i think the talent booker has like gone off to the series producer and being like right you need to go Even see she's not happy with the script you need to go see lisa you need to go see her there's a script meeting going on you're right it's being filmed from afar through like a door <laughs> that's slightly ajar and lisa is pissed yeah she's like angry with the producer she, and she's like, you want me to stand on live TV as you count down the top 10 without me in it? You know, I'm not stupid. I mean, it's embarrassing. Like, you know, have, have I not had enough? Saying all these words. I, I don't blame her at this point. So I think what's happened is they've, they've run through the script with her. And it's clearly just to try and jab the knife in for one final time. They've obviously got this thing in the script where they're going to go through the top 10 from number one to 10 to then humiliate her, the fact that she hasn't made it. Yeah. And clearly, like... A lot of stuff has been let slide. She's let a lot of stuff slide at this point. Like, I'm guessing there's lots of other things in the script that they didn't like, but I, it seems to be just be the final... This is the final straw for her. And actually, when we were putting this show together, I remember you sent me some of the kind of sound clips to make the intros, and I remember seeing this clip, and I was a bit like, oh, God, Lisa's, like, moaning. Oh, my God, she's gone crazy. But now, having been so invested in the show and, like, the forensic detail we're doing of it, I'm, like, so on her side with yeah. this. Like, she's she couldn't be more right. Like, it's she's not being difficult. There's, she's within 100% within her rights to say this. That is cruel, basically. I, I also love when the producer says... 
what would you rather? And she says, I'd rather not be here. I'd rather be at home. I'm sick of it. <laughs> yeah, she really, she whips right around in the makeup show when she says that. I, I really enjoyed that. So the the producer also says that they, they ran through it yesterday with Nathan. Oh, this is a classic, <laughs> such a classic move when you work in TV, isn't it? To be like, well, look, we, we have already got this approved. And then the talent obviously is like, well, I haven't approved it, so it's not going to happen. And you're like, shit. And Johnny steps up here in his wonderful gender role. And she's like, she's my wife. I'm not having it. Like, she's my <laughs> wife. It's like, oh, okay, Johnny. Yeah. I know. If he hadn't said my wife, I would have been really like, had a lot of respect for him. I was like, we don't need you to do that. But it's very nice for you to be protective and, and be nice. And, you know, and he says, and he goes, oh, this, this broke my heart a little bit when he said this. So he's like, he's like, if you do the reveal from one to 10, we ain't coming on. And then he says, I'll stand there and do it myself. I don't mind being humiliated. I've done it before. And I was like, oh, Johnny. Do you think, do you think this is from hearsay days? I think so. Yeah. And I'm not quite sure what he's talking about because there was never an official TV moment where he got dropped from hearsay. They just got dropped, didn't they? No, the only the only thing I can think of, I'm sure we've discussed this before, that special they did for TV where they were looking for a new member. Oh, Did you yeah. watch that? I don't, I didn't Oh, actually. it was really good. So they're, they're like in, they're, they're trying to search for a new member after Kim's left and they find Nathan, they find um, Johnny and they, but they've all kind of vaguely know Johnny already and then they, they bring him in and they, he gets the part. He get he lands the role in Hearsay and the record producer says, or the, the, the label exec, and the thing I love about Johnny is that I love a voice that's just like, you know, like 90% air. <laughs> oh my God. Speaking of Kim, I always think of her debut song. Do you remember it was called Cry? Cry. I would like to say that I never meant to make you cry. I think about you Every line was just, it was like they'd gone to the rhyming dictionary and just been like, okay, house and grouse and, you know, like, <laughs> gross. Table and fable. I don't know. I'm just... And I will go and shoot a grouse. <laughs> even if it's outside my house. <laughs> I feel very different about a mouse. <laughs> but not an actual word, louse. <laughs> that is, that would be played in a shop. Oh, yes. Imagine that in like Wilco. While you're shopping. Wait, what's Wilco? Wilco's that shop that sells like electronics. It's like Robert Dyer's. I don't know Wilco. Shocker. <laughs> what do you mean? I know Robert Dyer's. You only buy electronics from like John Lewis or something. I don't know. <sighs> Just get them all from Apple. Oh, shut up. I'm in an Apple, <laughs> I'm in an Apple household. Everything's Apple. Like you're using my Apple kettle. <laughs> my Apple fridge. <laughs> it's all synced up to the cloud. <laughs> Oh, oh my god, we're getting really lost here, aren't we? Okay. Now here Nathan steps up. Yeah. Again, solid work as a manager. And he very calmly comes up with a kind of alternate idea of just putting Lisa's chart placement on a card in an envelope yeah. and announcing it. I'm like, Nathan, great idea. Yeah. Super simple. Yeah. Done. And it's what they do. Yeah, it's what they do. But not before the series producer just says, let's just all calm down. Oh my god. I mean, talk about throwing like fuel onto a fire telling someone to calm down is one of the most infuriating things you can do to someone when they're angry yeah he says it a couple of times as well he does he, sa- he, he says blow off some steam calm down he says like a couple of th- a couple of those phrases where it's like if someone said that to me and i was as like annoyed as her i would have fucking lost it if someone yeah. told me to calm down and I, at this point as well, they kind of, they exit the dressing room they're gonna work out they're gonna talk about it and then you hear through closed door well what are you gonna say well this this is, I'd say, maybe one of the most beautiful pieces of dialogue that's ever happened uh, in life. 
so what I've done is I've just written the script for this, and I would like us oh. to act this scene out with um, you as Lisa and me as Johnny, because that's our that's our roles. I've just texted it to you. So just to set the scene for everyone, this is taking place behind a closed door, so we're hearing audio only. You know, today's going to be one of the hardest days of your life, probably. I'm not going to get all dressed up. You know, what? what's the fucking point, babe? You need to get changed. No, I don't. Put your jumper on at least, babe. It's all creased. Babe, go out in style. <laughs> Scene. <laughs> just devastating work. So at this point, I think she's she's going to just go out there in like jeans and a t-shirt. Well, she her her final look isn't super dressed. It's up. more. It's, she's doing like jeans on the top, isn't she? Yeah, it's a mid mid range. Yeah, jeans it's are not, going out top. It's not as dressed up as the presenters Anthony and Emma because no. they've properly dressed up. Yeah. Anthony's got his like champagne colored jacket on. Yep. Emma's just dressed as in Emma Willis drag as always, just the same look. <laughs> yeah. I feel like she's had. She's looked the same forever and still looks uh, the same age now as she did then. Yeah. Couldn't tell, you, couldn't tell you what she was wearing. Just just solid. Yes. Always yeah. solid. She's really flown by these years with a really successful career and a look that has, yeah, not changed and has stayed perfect the entire time. It's like her look isn't of any time. Yeah. She's never looked insane. Yeah, she's the real Kimberly of uh, Girls Aloud of, of television, isn't she? She's the Emma Bunton. She's the Emma Bunton. Who, what was the other one we were trying to think of? Kimberly, Emma Bunton. Oh, Faye from Steps. And Faye from Steps. <laughs> All just solid people who, you know, question, the dreadlocks. questionable dreadlocks aside, <laughs> have just been solid the whole time. So, we then go into um, the studio. Yeah. On set. So at this point, the celebrity booker, as we think we're assuming, is that lady in the, the, the black and white striped top. She's just leading, or maybe the floor manager, she's leading Lisa into the studio. And did you notice she just, she just rubs her arm? <laughs> she's Aww. like, come on, love, you can do this. Nice little arm rub. And then just this very, like, this, this ghastly indie song playing over the top of um, just loads of close-up shots, in, individual close-up shots of each member of the Scott Lee, totally Scott Lee, like, cast members looking really sad and looking really nervous. Yeah. It's, I mean, this whole series has been indie music a go-go, yeah, hasn't I'm, it? Yeah, I, I feel, I, I definitely think in my memory, it was not filled with this much indie music and I'm, I'm not a huge fan of indie music, so I was well, furious. We'll come, we'll come on to it in the next scene, but it is very representative of this era, I guess. Yeah. It's like 2005, Girls Allowed aside who were an absolute anomaly, Yeah. it wasn't about pop music at this time, was it? No, it was all hard fi Stupid fucking song. Okay, so yeah, then we just see all this kind of slightly bleak footage of um the studio, everything that we saw play yeah. out live last week. And they just end on this horrible, like devastating shot of her just looking really like looking off into the middle distance, isn't she? Just looking really like just over it. And actually, we said last week we were like, she seemed like she'd been tranquilized, but actually it's that thing of, you know, when you cry loads, you know, when you cry really hard or you like have a fight and then you suddenly are just so like empty. And then she's already only had three hours sleep, as we know. I actually think she wasn't even given a sedative. She just looks like spaced out and exhausted from like a day of emotions. Yeah. And considering what the rest of this episode has been like, she she's relatively smiley. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she does a she does a good job. I thought oh. she looked and we said this last week. I thought she looked like beautiful in that in the studio like her makeup it looked really nice yeah she yeah no she does look and good her hair. notice uh, not as good as the hair at bennett's last night <laughs> no. in glasgow a lot of you know the, the the family and the gang coming over to hug her uh mish just standing in the the shadows in her baker boy hat doing nothing 
Oh, after that, what happens next? Two days later at Concept. Concept Records, we're back. Well, we've got a debrief on this. Strap yourself in, people. We're about to go around the world and have some things to say about some different places. So everyone, just prepare yourself, okay? Make sure you put your 2005 hat on, your Baker Boy 2005 hat, because we're going to say some things that aren't great. <laughs> so it's two days later. So this is the, the Tuesday. You can just imagine in your calendar back then, debrief. Yeah. You know what I mean? Debrief at Concept. Electric, electric debrief. Yeah. Now, as we were just saying... Max here is is relaying that the UK, the UK record industry is at a strange time right now. Yeah. And he's right. It is post-pop. Yeah. Things are very hard-fi. And, you know, maybe just Electra didn't connect. Just to clarify, in this scene, we've got Concept Records managing director, Max. Head honcho. Head honcho. We've got Nathan and we've got Lisa. And they're all just, you know, having that debrief, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, we don't have Nicola, though, do we? We don't want we'll well, that. <laughs> hear that cackle from down the corridor we'll get to that she's got calls to do (laughs) so um max is really talking here about how you know there's actually much more scope to release the single in the overseas market he lists japan germany and then he says a word that i still i repeated it maybe 10 times what is that third country that he says benelux I, okay, I wrote down Benelux. What? Where the fuck is Benelux? So I don't even know if the phrase Benelux is used anymore, but it's a group of countries. So, yeah, the Benelux Union, simply known as Benelux, it's Belgium, Netherlands, Luxembourg. It's like its own little <laughs> I've like, literally zone. never heard Benelux really? before in my entire life. Did you not do geography like... I didn't do GCSE geography, stopped it at year nine. You see, I, I continued with geography because it was easier to get an A in than history. Oh, see, I did well in history. See, I know no history, but I do know about <laughs> the Benelux region. So, yeah, Max is saying all these different countries and economic regions that she can release in. And I actually, I believe in him. Yeah. I, because I believe what he's saying here. I think Lisa could go around Europe and, f- yeah. and flog Flog her arse off just to, just to name check uh, and quote Nicola. Uh, and she could do well. Yeah. She could get number seven, at least, in one of these countries, yeah. I think. Maybe number four, actually. And then um, they're talking about going overseas to um, China. Now, wait, just before we talk through this, just remember everyone from Welsh Mardi Gras the other week. Do you remember that problematic food truck yeah, that, that sold we had? Kebabs. What was it? A kebabs, hog roast, and oriental, whatever it was. It's, yeah, kebabs, <laughs> no, it was Indian and oriental foods. Yeah. So just bear that in mind. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So at this point, Lisa says, "Our granddad was Chinese." I was like, "Okay, okay, it's an interesting piece of information." I was because, like, "Well, because he's talking about going abroad." Going to China. Yeah. He men- to I think the- he mentions China. Yes. And she says, "Oh, my granddad was Chinese." And at this point, I was like, "Oh, okay." And then actually, my you know, just to make it all about me, my grandma is part Chinese, so I was like, "Me and Lisa, it's a similar like." She thinks she said her granddad was half like half Chinese or part Chinese. Similar thing to me. I was like, "Okay, great. Okay, I'm ready to hear some just some discussion about genealogy." And she says, "Oh, you know, um, my granddad was Chinese, and when we went there with steps, you know, they always wanted always zoomed in on that and wanted to talk about it because I guess you know I've got that Oriental blood." As soon as she said that, my kind of collection of ethnicities in my blood froze directly in the veins because I was very uncomfortable when she said that. Yeah, and it get it, it doesn't get any better. Oh, yeah, no, does I, I thought that was the end of that. So what what comes next? Um, what comes next is Max says, oh, 
can you can you speak any Mandarin? Well, no, he says, do you speak Chinese? And then he catches himself and goes, uh, 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 Mandarin, Mandarin. Yeah. And she does. She says something in Mandarin. She says, she reels it off quickly and she translates it and says, my album's out now. Please buy it. Okay. They're all having a real laugh at this point, aren't they? All cackling away. And then she says as an afterthought, oh, it's actually Japanese, but you know, it's all Oriental, you know. How's, how does your blood feel about that? <laughs> I mean, wow. Yeah. Just different time. Wow. <laughs> Very different time. So that happened. <laughs> like, I'm sure she could go to China to promote electric and speak Japanese to them. I mean, uh, wow. Meanwhile, wow, wow, wow. Nathan <laughs> said that, you know, in 1997, he sold a million records in a country where he didn't speak the language. Yes. And we see a clip. And I said, not to not to really haunt us with the spirit of Michael Jackson in another clip, but didn't this look like the You Are Not Alone video? Remember the video with Lisa Marie Presley, where it's all the like, where Michael Jackson has that bob, that short, like, curtained bob haircut, and he's, um... Billowy like, fabric. Yes. Yeah. You are not alone. It looked like, or to, like a, you know, to make it less problematic, maybe a Take That reference, but it seemed very You Are Not Alone, Michael Jackson. It's, mm-hmm. it's Nathan with, like, a again, a bobbed... I'm doing the, the the action of the hair to you, which people can't see, but it's a curtained bob, which is not something people don't say curtains over here, do they? I don't know what they would say. I don't know how they describe that hairstyle, but it's like a, almost like a mushroom topped little hairstyle. And he, yeah, he's like topless and writhing around in some fabric. And then we come back and Max, <laughs> quite a great take from Max where he just says, well, that's a million people who are probably dead now. <laughs> Lisa loves that. Yeah, she really, she loves any time someone takes a jab at Nathan, doesn't she? Max is having a great, like, he's being very solid in this scene. Yeah. Bearing in mind that we've seen him quiver and quaver yeah. at other parts through the, the electric release. He feels very solid here. He feels very grounded. He feels very guiding. Yeah, well, it's, it's odd because you were so used to Nicola being there. You know, you know, he's the he's the, the wizard's head floating and Nicola's behind the curtain, but... She ain't behind the curtain in this scene, is she? Where is, Where is she? she? She's maybe, you know, a few offices, maybe 10 corridors down away from them. And we just cut to her and she is hiding what looks to be in like a stationary cupboard, cackling away on her little mobile, her little Nokia 3210, cackling away to herself. She's speaking to someone. She's like, oh, I know love. Yeah, yeah, totally love. Well, you know, I know her from steps days. So I know her from days of old. She, she says, she says, she fucking hates the sight of me. <laughs> Is that what she says? Yeah, she says she fucking hates the sight of me and like cackles away. Oh, I didn't know that. So basically this seems to be a phone call where it almost seems like there's been some discussion behind the scenes through Nathan maybe to request that Nicola is not present at this meeting. (gasps) That's what I think we're seeing. I think we're seeing they went, they decided to split split the crew to do one camera on the meeting and the other camera since they found out that Nicola wasn't going to be invited to talk. I think, I think Lisa's watched back a lot of the stuff that Nicholas said about her and it's like, I'm not comfortable with having her there. And by this point, you know, Lisa's really stepped up, got a bit of courage and she's starting to call the shots. Stepped up? Stepped up. Call the shots? Call the shots. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) So yeah, so Nicholas having a great time on the phone, chuckling away. I think also by this point, Nicholas like, well... Who cares what Lisa thinks of me? Yeah. She hasn't made the top 10. There's much of a future. Despite the fact in previous, the last episode, she's like, let's take this girl out yeah. to Europe. Let's make some money with her. Slippery Nicola. Mm-hmm. So then we, we cut back to the meeting and um, I've got a, got a couple of questions for you about this, about this little statement. Max says, the media are really interested in seeing you go to historical places. And then Lisa goes, oh yeah, you, re- you know, get to see the world. Now, what are they talking about? Historical okay. places. Well, I was confused by that. But then I remembered on, on YouTube somewhere, 
from 2005 or 6, must have been just after this, Lisa does, she does like a history documentary, <laughs> one-off, where she visits, she visits the manor house where she and Johnny got married at. And she's like walking through the manor house and being like, so yeah, this is a lovely manor. It was built in like 1600. Actually, yeah, it was really special for my big day with Johnny. So I wonder if that's one of these things I'm talking about. I would personally love to see her go around and look at like, you know, the great wonders of the world. Lisa at the like hanging gardens of Babylon, great wall of China, speaking Japanese to them. (laughs) I would like her in Dubai discovering the world of Atlantis. Yes, absolutely. At the hotel. The the other wonder of the world. Yep. Oh, it's got a slide. It goes to the pool. Oh, it's scary with that shark. Johnny. (laughs) So yeah, they're having a nice time. Lisa also says, look, I could take a lecture to other countries. I could get top 10 somewhere else. She's not wrong. Yeah. She could do that. Don't know. I don't know what the, the terms and conditions in the MTV contract are about electric entering top 10s yeah. in other regions. Well, it's also MTV UK Europe, isn't it? So I'm, I'm a little concerned about whether the Europe of it all, that contract is going to ban her from, you know, performing in Europe. Oh. Uh, we ca- quickly cut back to Nicola cackling on the phone and she just says, that was the final nail in the coffin, love. We never know what that final nail is, but something's been that fi- final nail in that coffin. Yeah, I don't know, don't know who that nail is. would love to know who she's talking to as well. Don't know who's in that coffin. No. <laughs> don't know who's on the other end of the phone. We do know that she thinks they're great and she's having a fucking hoot with them. And love. she and she's like totally fine doing this in front of the camera, this call. <laughs> yeah, this is not filmed from a different part of London, zoomed in. They're very much in her face and she's cackling away on her little, her little phone. So this scene really ends on good terms. Yeah. Lisa essentially appreciates that she's still got a record company. She's not being, even though she didn't get the top 10, she's like, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not getting dropped. You know, I appreciate, she appreciates having a supportive record company. Let's go from here. A lot of just wishy-washy, unspecific plans for the future. And then we see Lisa exit through like almost like a A fire fire escape, (laughs) fire exit door just by herself. Yeah. She's not sticking around. No, she doesn't want to see Nicola in the hallway, does she? Oh, no. Now, we need to go to the final scene of the entire series of Totally Scotly. Oof. Talk about going out with a whimper. So instead of a kind of what I was going to imagine to be a final big hurrah in the conservatory with champagne and the whole gang, we go to essentially what... I couldn't quite work out where this was. I just said... Bella Pasta. Yep, I wrote Lisa and Johnny at ZZ. Yeah, I wrote ZZ's, then Bella Pasta. And then I saw like a, um, almost like a a dumpling, you know, one of those wicker things that dumplings come in. It's a final meal, farewell meal between the two of them. Johnny's very much giving her a pep talk. Yes, yeah. He's doing, again, a great supportive role here. Yeah. Lisa says, Nath is gutted. Yeah. Very British phrase, gutted. 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 Take those T's out, gutted. Absolutely gutted, mate. Gutted for our American list just means really like, uh, not upset, but just deflated, just... Devastated. Devastated. There you go. Yep. It's so funny. In Scotland, a lot of people will use it. It'll be like, oh, I went to Tesco's and they're out of semi-skim milk. I was gutted. I'm like... Gut- really? Like you'd had your guts ripped out of you. Because that's what it comes from, to be gutted, is yeah. to have your guts ripped out. And it's like, I don't think you were. It's very dramatic. <laughs> yeah, calm down, Linda. I think you can get your milk somewhere else. I know. Um, what else is going on in this scene? Um, so she, she, there's a fly buzzing around her food and she's going, she's moaning on and on about it. And Johnny says, for the first time in this whole series, someone says to her, he says, stop moaning. And she's like, but there's a fly on it. And he's just like, just stop. 
<laughs> she's determined to get electric in the top 10 somewhere else. Somewhere, yeah. Somewhere. And then Johnny makes a fabulous reference. It's like he's playing right into our hands. He's like, well, you know, Britney Spears has got a reality show. So, you know, you, sh- you should have done it. You should have taken it. Nothing would have been different. And I was like, are we talking about Britney and Kevin Chaotic? To, to to say that Britney and Kevin Chaotic justify anyone having a reality show, I mean, that reality show is a disaster. Yeah, I was going to say, it was like a self-taped, like, hellscape of Britney and Kevin, like, spiralling out of control, wasn't it? It was not good. I know. Again, much like comparing something to Michael Jackson. <laughs> it's like, you're comparing to Michael Jackson's very questionable, horrific legacy or Britney's downfall in a reality show. You don't don't go near... First of all, don't flatter yourself. <laughs> You're not at this level. But also, you don't want to have your name in the same sentence as these projects. <laughs> and then, well, to speak of the, the real ghost that's haunting this episode, straight afterwards, he's like, no one would say no to a reality show. Maybe Michael Jackson. It's like, fucking Michael Jackson's getting a lot of airtime in this, isn't he? I know. Horrible. Disgusting. So... They talk about a bit more about her going overseas to promote the the single, you know, going elsewhere, other territories, Benelux. But you know what she's going to need to get to those Benelux countries? She's going to need a passport. And she says, well, you know, the joke of it all is, you know, talking about going overseas, but I haven't got a passport. Uh, Jolly says, you donkey. Like, what? (laughs) You donkey. You donkey. Is that just like a stupid person? Yeah, like a, yeah, just a donkey. It's like donkey's years. We've already discussed that at length. Can't get into that. (laughs) And then just to finally end the whole goddamn show, she just goes, oh, that flies back. Oh, go away. Fade to black. Fade to black. (laughs) End of a whole torturous eight (laughs) weeks of seeing this woman break down. It's just a fly sitting on top of her dim sum. Wait, how's she, wait a minute, how's she going to go on her holiday without a passport? I have no idea. How's she going to get to Dubai? I don't know. Maybe they're doing the staycation. What do you mean the staycation? Oh, like, a staycation. <laughs> I thought you were saying a staycation in Dubai. I'm like, no, but Fraser, she's still going to need the passport. <laughs> it reminds me of the time I once went to uh, Disneyland Paris, a.k.a. Euro Disney. Yeah. Oh, it'll always be Euro Disney to me. And our friend turned up at the tunnel, the Euro tunnel uh, in King's Cross, and she'd forgotten her passport. <sighs> Because she thought, no, I don't need a passport to get on a train. train. (laughs) Bloody fool. (laughs) (laughs) So that was that. Yeah, and then we just kind of, the episode's capped off with like a black and white montage of like the best bits of the whole series. We see Nana getting confused. We see Nicola like bitching about Lisa. See Lisa in her wedding dress. Yeah, she's like, Princess Scotley. Princess Scotley. And the final one is her hearing that she's (laughs) gone to the charts at number 13. Yeah. That's it. (laughs) Final one, final jab of the knife, and we're done. So, oh, that was totally. Oh scotly. my god, we finally made it. I feel like we have done uh, a verbal dissertation. Yes, you, you, you could not be. You read my mind. I was about to say, I feel like we've done a thesis, and I'm never going to feel the same about Lisa, Johnny, like anyone involved in this. Like I've been seeing pictures of them, Lisa, like back in steps promoing all their new stuff. And I feel very differently about her when I see pictures of her now. Yeah. I feel very fond of her. I feel very fond of her. I feel protective and very fond of her. So we've got to, as ever, come up with our name for this final episode. Every episode, we give it a name, totally something. What are you calling it? Okay. This is a big moment. Okay. Well, is yours good? Are you proud of yours? Mm -mm. 
Oh. I've gone very serious. Oh. I've called this one totally Scotly. Huh? <laughs> so almost like when someone releases a self-titled album. Uh, absolutely. I felt like we've been seeing Lisa be disrespected for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I thought instead of coming up with a jokey title, I've just said this episode is totally Scotly. Oh, I love that. Okay. I, I've got a couple. Mine was totally bleak. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty bleak episode. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm also going to give another alt, which I'm proud of. What about totally Scott free? Oh, she's free now. That's she's, it. She's free. I mean, passport aside, she's free to go to the Benelux region. Perfect. <laughs> also really quick shout out to my friend Lydia that came up with the best one for last week oh, after yeah, Nicola's, after Nicola's, uh, wonderful fuck me Lee Ryan's at number 13. She said, totally fuck me. We, like, we could go back in time yeah. and change our, our name for episode seven. You've got it, Lydia. That was great. Hats off to you, Lydia. My, Baker, little, Baker Boy my hat Baker off. Boy hat has been taken off to you. I think Lydia might have had a Baker Boy hat back in the day. <laughs> Report back on that, please, Lydia, with pictures. So thank you all for listening. Thank you for coming on this dissertation-like journey with us. Yep. As ever, get in touch on Instagram and Twitter. Yep. Um, our usual episodes of Your Welcome America are coming out every other week. As we said at the beginning of the episode, we have... A bonus, totally Scotly episode coming out on Wednesday. On Wednesday, let's just say someone from the series <laughs> features. So get excited for that. We've got some BTS and backstage goss, totally Scotly, and yeah, we will see you very soon. Bye. You're welcome. I've got to be honest. I think that a lot of the time they don't seem to like you. There's a lot of hard work and there'll be, it's blood, sweat and tears. I don't know, you know, if I suddenly get a guitar out, is, is it believable? 23. Well, that's really shit.